0: Hi! Welcome to Life After Choice Caffeine Convos, where we discuss abortion-related issues from a biblical point of view. So we're coming into 2023. We've been so blessed to lead a ministry for those hurt by abortion since, uh, what was it, about March 2020 that we began during COVID. Something like that. Mm And We wrote a book, Prepare a Room, a Path to Peace and Healing for Those Hurt by Abortion. In the past two years, we've had the privilege of exhibiting our 35-foot Foundlings Abortion Memorial Quilt.
1: Ten foot high.
0: 35 feet long, ten foot high.
1: Consisting of 500 images.
0: We've been making these images where today was day, I believe it's, um, I can't remember, 958 is today.
1: You've been making those images.
0: Yes, I've been making them on a daily basis. It's a way of, you know, bringing humanity to the victims of abortion by drawing a child each day, as I imagine they might appear if they had lived.
1: A flag to the unborn.
0: Yes, face to those who have no face except in in God's eyes. And um, many other things have occurred in the last two years. But as we enter into 2023, I really think that I would like to open the uh, the window so that those in who are following us on social media can experience what we experience behind the scenes when we're talking things through. Because uh, you and I, our husband and wife, we've been married now for 40 years. And you're sitting here next to me, uh, you'll be sipping on your coffee. And um, you can kind of hear the sound of the sump pump in the basement going and the traffic going by. We're not super fancy in our technical stuff. But what we have is perhaps some kind of uh, special dynamic, I would say, that occurs when we just converse with one another about the ideas that we're um, dealing with in our ministry. And lately in my social media posts, I've been on a series about who is hurt by abortion. And the reason that I've been exploring that is because of our mission statement, which is the following. We exist to magnify God and to cooperate with the Holy Spirit in proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ with a focus on offering the healing work of the cross to those hurt by abortion. But what has become clear to me and you in the last... Uh, two years of this ministry is that those who are hurt by abortion is a huge and diverse group of people. I think that you and I went into this thinking that we were going to be ministering to women hurt by abortion because they had abortions.
1: The ripple goes far and wide.
0: It certainly does. And what has become clear is that the rippling going far and wide just about touches everybody. So what I wanna do is sit and talk with you a bit and talk about who is hurt by abortion. We're not gonna cover it in one sitting, so tell me, what do you think of that?
1: I think that since there are so many different groups of people that are touched by this abortion act, um, it not only affects the man who is not holding up his his end of the bargain, which is to protect and and to um, preserve. Uh, but it also affects the culture itself by devaluing life and causing a a, a callousing uh, uh, a hardening of the heart of uh, all sorts of uh, qualities that, uh, the human uh, being is supposed to have, um, and as we harden our hearts to the we ones who are unborn, so it is much easier to cast Grandma out on the ice floe. It's very primal in its consideration of the of the individual, such that any kind of thought of of that which is transcendent or godly, is thrown to the side, and and the, the modern world throws us back into this primordial um, uh, mindset of of dog eat dog, my my interest of primary, and so it 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 is a destroyer of that which is god given, and it's. Uh, message of the dignity of man.
0: So you mentioned something about qualities that we should have, or what, what would that be? What What have we jettisoned in terms of the qualities that make us human, the qualities that define us that in a, in a beautiful way?
1: I think that we're entering into some deep water. We're entering into um, this miasma of, of thought that has no mooring, this postmodern um enterprise that the modern world is throwing at us. It's trying to get us to um to jettison any responsibility to the to the other um and and have our own personal interest as primary.
0: The and other meaning other people besides ourselves. Other the consequences people besides of our ourselves.
1: Actions. The consequences of our action. The most important thing is that our personal identity, and it could be said that that may be the the end result of this enlightenment experiment. That the individual is primary, and if we don't, if we take that um, as as our guiding principle. Everything beyond ourselves is secondary and the further out it goes, the further out it goes in, uh, from, from what is important, whereas a Judeo-Christian notion, in my estimation, is that it's counterintuitive to the individual. We are to sacrifice ourselves as Christ sacrificed uh, for for others so that the, the husband uh, sacrifices his personal um, uh, sense of, uh, uh, of his, his needs or wants for the uh, comfort of his wife and the child. And that notion is, is going to benefit not only the, the central group, the family in, in a higher and better way but it's also going to reverberate out to the community and as this what I call right action uh, is exhibited in the family this these corresponding ripples out into the community provide a good for the entire community whereas if it's an if it's individualistic um, and it's only concerned is with the um, uh, the promotion of the self, um, then it's it's just a small leap to uh, um, to putting grandma on the ice floe or or aborting the child and because we we have our career to think of or fleshly pleasures or whatever it is that that is surrounding the I.
0: Okay, so you've really broadened this thing out, and you had a lot to do with bringing me to. A much broader understanding of what our ministry was about because what you've shown me is that yes this does break down into individuals having individual micro experiences and consequences of uh, of their abortion experience that traumatizes that leaves them really wounded and they have to um, find their way with the help of Jesus hopefully because he can provide a, a full healing to to wholeness again after having suffered this this terrible um, identity breach. But what you've shown me, and, and actually this came almost as a huge aha moment for me just a matter of weeks ago, as we were looking back over the last two years of our ministry and the day of healing that we held in October, that the the people that were being affected by our ministry uh, were not just the woman, the individual woman who's uh, had the abortion or the individual man or the individual, this person or that person, the would-be grandmother and, and so on. We can certainly make a list of many people that we've encountered who have been hurt in various different ways, almost as many ways as there are people. But that going broader that this is something that stretches back like you said you you mentioned the enlightenment but i think it goes back even further in fact i think it goes back to the garden of eden and adam and eve yeah but that that it's hurting our culture and we feel we you and i have been discussing that this this is really part of the direction that we want to take the ministry is to examine how the the culture, the society has been bruised and wounded and traumatized to the point of uh, is such devaluing of human life that we, we've we become very callous. And and there was another thing that you mentioned the other day about how when we devalue the human life of the child in the womb, and again, Grandma on the Ice Flow, meaning really speaking about uh, the issue of euthanasia and... Um, taking the life of those that we deem unworthy of life. um, Or in the way. Or in old and in the way, like, who was that, the Grateful Dead song? (laughs) Old and in the way, that's what I heard him say. Um, That when we do that, we devalue also our own lives so that suicide also becomes a much more viable option. So I know that you... um, stretched us back to the Enlightenment. But can you talk about how it it really goes further back than that?
1: Well, I think, in my estimation, if you boil everything down, it comes down to a very um, succinct message that's being broadcast to the human being. And it's been broadcasting from the very beginning. One message is, do what thou wilt. And the other is... Do what God's will is. So uh, everything flows in my, my thinking uh, from this essential message, which is God has a law. He says, do this and you will live and, and prosper. Whereas Satan's message is, don't pay attention to God. Eat that fruit. It's good. Do what you will. And do what you will sounds very liberating, and its, um, um, its message is like a drug. It, it says, oh, you, you don't need that stuffy old message. You can be great, you can ascend to the, to the heavens, you can do whatever you want, and, and uh, there's no consequences, but that's where the lie is. There's consequences to your actions. If you do what you will and everything you do, you, you become a drug-addled sex maniac with uh, a litter of uh, broken dreams, and broken bodies, and and, um, broken, and relationships. broken relationships behind you. And in the end, it is a death. The wages of sin is death.
0: And I want to just comment on that idea of do what thou will, because It really has to do with um, basing our actions on our desires. And even when you read in Genesis about the conversation taking place between the deceiver or the snake or the serpent or whatever, and Eve, the woman, the Bible says that she saw that it was to be desired. And so she's really basing her assessment on her own impulses of desire. And yet we read in Galatians 5 that the spirit is at war with the flesh so that we will not do what we desire. So what we desire is not necessarily what is good. What we desire is is essentially and at its root uh, a selfish thing and a very temporary thing that passes quickly and then is still hungry later on. Our pastor used to say, old Mr. Flesh just takes and takes and never says thank you, he just wants more. So that if we base our actions on our desires, we're really um, acting as no better than a two-year-old who never learns to overcome desire and allow for a a higher calling higher than just what we desire
1: and I, I think also that uh, it's important um, to get the message out God's message which is do what I say not what thou wilt that's a very difficult message in the in, in the um, in the modern um, world and in, in the in the social media and such that message is very strained because doing what i will is is party time it's it's a fun message whereas the message that is against that is a message of noblesse oblige or doing um being obliged to do things that are not to your own um comfort but doing it because it's right and it, it uplifts others—that is Jesus's message. And many times, it's formed into um, rules that people live by, a code of chivalry, um, and a variety of, of uh, codes that came about uh, over time that that give a sense of honor and and uh, dignity. Uh, to these abilities to bridle passions that uh, in the end um, produce a better outcome for the individual. That message is, I think, one of the the messages that we need to bring to the place where messages are put out, whether it's the social media media. Or any other place with it.
0: Here we are doing it. And here we are. This is what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. So um, why don't we just um, close it here for now. I feel like that we have touched on some really huge topics, all of which can be explored more deeply as we move on. Um,
1: keep us in prayer.
0: Yeah. We ask you listeners to keep us in prayer and also to uh, subscribe. And if you feel moved to support us, of course, we are a 501c3, and we can give you a tax deduction for your donation. Um, We are going to continue in this vein. I really feel that the conversation that we have between husband and wife could really benefit you, and uh, God willing, you know, someone will be moved and inspired, and, and we will make our Small, tiny, little bit of difference in this culture of death, in returning dignity to the culture—that's our aim, and uh, this is one way that we're approaching our challenge of uh, offering the healing work of the cross to those hurt by abortion, which is our mandate. So, Jerry, why don't you just close us in prayer, and we'll we'll uh, we'll see you all next time.
1: Heavenly Father, we thank you for your blessings in, in the year twenty twenty two. And we ask you to um, help us uh, lift up the the um, the banner of Christ, and may uh, our message go forth and find a heart that needs to hear it. And bless all those who are out there who who have uh, helped us as we uh, attend to this business, and uh, bless everyone, Lord, in the year twenty twenty three, in the name of Jesus.
0: Amen. Amen. Like, share, and subscribe. Visit us at preparearoom.com and learn more about these foundlings images at thefoundlings.net. Support us at givesendgo.com slash ministries.